Blog Talk Radio. Tribeca, right next to the narrow, but I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's, took it to my sad spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like the Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there, best style, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I I brought my boys with me, say what up to Tata, still sipping my ties, sitting courtside, nicks and nets, give me high five, I'm spiked out, I can trip a referee, tell by my attitude that I most definitely from That's why we're both Shannon and I are doing it. You know, she's I'm a little bit north, she's a little bit south, but we're gonna do the EV wrap up show. What's going on? How's it going, Shannon? Good. Yeah. Very well. Mm-hmm. Good. 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 Uh, it seems like we got a lot to talk about this week when it comes to EV. So why don't I let you start with the Tesla? Uh. Well. Um. I don't know. The latest I heard from Tesla was just about the plane crash. Yeah. How's that? Is, did they announce the names? They did announce the names. Uh, okay. They announced names yesterday. Okay. Um, I did have to catch this uh, local news report, and it was interesting because for us in the electric vehicle field, of course, we're like, oh, you know, we we think about you know the the names of the people that died in the plane crash, but in the news report. The emphasis was on the people on the ground because the plane basically uh, crashed in a residential neighborhood oh in, a, in a home where typically there is a daycare center. And um, and they, everything just got really lucky because, thank God, no one on the ground was killed. But from all the reports on this local TV show, um, from the firefighters and such, everyone said it's, it's a miracle that no one on the ground was killed. So it's interesting to see the different emphasis. Well, that's uh, a very on... different emphasis than we're talking about or everybody else is talking about. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. See, we bring up new things here at the EV Wrap-Up Show, guys. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. cool. Now tell me about your article you did recently about a plug-in hybrid electric car. I'm being vague so that you can fill in all the info. Well, I mean, there's a couple articles uh, recently that um, that I wrote. One is in regards to um, there's a new BMW plug-in hybrid that's supposed to be coming out that's based on the Volt extended range concept. And um, unfortunately, it's not going to be available till 2013. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and even then in limited numbers. No. Demonstration projects? Uh, yeah. Well, it's not supposed to be done. They said it's going to be a production vehicle, um, ah. but it's one of these luxury production vehicles. Um, so it looks like its competitor might be something closer to the Fisker Karma. Yes. Versus a Volt. It doesn't really look like it's going head to head with the Volt. Oh. 
Well, maybe they did that intentionally. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, of course, you know, BMW, BMW is BMW, you know. I know, not you gonna... don't mess with BMW, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. You don't yeah. mess with them. Oh, my God, you're funny. Oh, God, that's why I love Shannon Miss Electric, because she's always electric, with even her answers, bringing it. There you go. I, I love it. Yeah, so, Jaguar says they're going to come out with a plug-in hybrid luxury car as well. Really? Mm-hmm. When do they come out with this one? This one, they have not released information about the date uh, in which they uh, plan going into production. Um, wow. So, um, so yeah, so that that's that's really good news. I mean, two luxury vehicle makers right. coming into the plug-in field. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And if it if it's more cost effective for the um, for the whole area, meaning their mm-hmm. demographic, their market segment. It'll be more successful, right? You know, and then also when you think about the fact that the more automakers that get into the plug-in field, the more the supply base gets developed, and that will also bring down the overall cost for other automakers that are hoping to bring in plug-in models at a lower price point for yeah, the majority for sure. of Americans. For sure, for sure, um, which is great on all different plug-ins, not just plug-in hybrids, but even all electrics, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's great for the whole thing. I was just got an email, believe it or not, from um, the people over at Think in North America, because they do have a mm-hmm. North America operation, that they're, uh, they're gearing up for EV-ready cities, which is pretty exciting, mm-hmm. and uh, they're gearing up for this big media preview in Finland. Very cool. Um as well as the chance to to learn more about things plans to bring you know the brand to North America. So what I'm pl- trying to do is a and uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This might be a blog talk radio interview with some people over at Think. Coming nice. to you, coming to you soon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool because I I saw and got a chance to talk with the Think representatives at the DC Auto Show a couple weeks ago, and um, they are super psyched. They're just ready to go, and, you know, and it was Was interesting because... Was Vicki Northrup there? What's that? Was Vicki Northrup there? No. No, I know. Vicki Northrup is the head of Think North America, and she rocks. I've known her from back in the day with the Think City program from my New York City days with the program, so... Nice. They're, they're a great crew. If Vicky, if, they, if Vicky's running the ship, it's all good. Very cool. <laughs> that is so cool. I'd love to meet her. Yeah, she's good people. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, uh, what are your, what are your, what are your take, or what is your take on the launch of plug-in hybrids lately into the marketplace? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think, uh, well, I think it's interesting because. Um, right now, <clears throat> I just got done doing an analysis of, you know, who's coming out with what, when, and the way in which different automakers are framing whether they're going to go into the plug-in hybrid field or whether they're going to go in the full battery electric field. Right. And it it does definitely seem like there is a competition brewing. Um, right now, Chevy, uh, with the Chevy Bolt, it's interesting because their marketing strategies seem to be very much um, geared towards competing with the LEAF 
their tagline for the Chevy Volt now is a better electric vehicle, and they tend to stress um, in their in the few marketing um, campaigns that they have come out with, they tend to stress that you know you have peace of mind because you have you know this yeah, uh, you can, gas you can backup keep to your addiction. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally, totally. Um, so it yeah, and and to be honest, there's really no other major automaker that's coming out with a plug-in hybrid model geared towards the mid-range sedan class. Correct. For now. For now. For now. Um, I mean, look at Toyota, what they did with the hybrid. They were the only first hybrid app, you know? Right. So a lot of them are just kind of waiting to see what it's going to look like. Right. No, that's a, that's a good point. Actually, that's a good point. Toyota also, you know, I guess their plug-in hybrid concept is supposed to be geared, well, not concept, but their plug-in hybrid Prius yeah. is supposed to be geared towards the, the mid-range consumer. Yes. Um, but even then, it seemed like with Toyota's taking a different stance, it seems like they've been very reluctant to... to uh, Shannon? Hello. And, you know, well, until they see more of a demand... Could you repeat that again, Shannon? I unfortunately think we lost you there in in translation. <laughs> for sure. <a> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, Toyota has historically been reluctant to come into the plug-in field because they see this field being pulled by gas prices. Uh-huh. And until uh-huh. they see more of a demand um, or an increase in gas prices, they don't really see plug-in vehicles making much of a dent into the market. Which is quite interesting. Um, I mean, you had to leave them kicking and screaming into the the other markets, but hey, maybe it's the cycle. Maybe we're the ones that are going to bring it back. But I I think that the, it's interesting to see that the U.S. automakers are the ones bringing out the plug-in hybrids. Mm. Um, But I also like to be frank with you, even from Toyota's perspective, they're trying to start it off with the high-end marketplace for starters. Granted, it's a mid-sized price, correct? Mm-hmm. But what it does is it at least it allows Toyota to get it that product line into a, like a, a market penetration because there mm-hmm. is none in its product line. So once you do that, it... it I think it's going to make it easier for people to clamor to want one. Mm-hmm. And it will also drive down the inherently the overall price of batteries because the big, you know, they always complain the biggest co- problem is the batteries in the cost. Okay. In the cost. Um, so it's it's quite interesting where, where yeah. we're heading. In that it will, I think it will be fascinating to to watch what happens with the plug-in Prius conversion market, the emerging yeah. plug-in Prius conversion market, yeah. when the plug-in Prius comes out. Yeah. I also think that, and I always pitch this with my book, is <laughs> of course. You should, you should, yeah, sorry, doing the plug, people, here. But you got to, if you have a second-generation Toyota Prius or a Ford Escape Hybrid, you're sitting on a gold mine because if you can convert that sucker to a plug-in hybrid, 
then you're getting 100 miles a gallon in some respects. And I've even heard the A123 guys, which I'm about to announce in a story mm-hmm. um, on, on Planet Green, mm-hmm. that the guy told me that he drives back and forth EV the whole way for weeks. So he's getting like 200 miles a gallon. Now, is it possible to drive in all EV mode with the plug-in Prius conversion kits? Yes. How how much of an all EV mode do you get? I was in the car when we drove around in an A123. We drove around Chappaqua and Pleasantville area, right? He uh-huh. was in EV mode the whole time. I think there was maybe literally a nanosecond where he had to just step on the acceleration, and that was pretty much it. So how many miles is that? Oh, gosh. He went about 15. In our drive, he went about 18 miles, all EV, and there was still plenty of juice in that that backup battery. Uh Uh-huh. Plenty of juice. It was recharging the battery. Like mm-hmm. the Prius, you know, <laughs> like when you go backward mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, regular Prius, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just recharging that secondary battery pack. Interesting. Could you, I mean, can you just explain again the difference between a series hybrid and a parallel hybrid and mm-hmm. whether the conversion that you're talking about is a series or a parallel hybrid? Well, the conversion. one I'm talking about is a parallel. Okay. The, G, the way I like to explain is the GM Volt is a series. Mm-hmm. Right, the GM Volt is a series because you either go all electric or you go gas. So what happens in the GM Volt is you get your all electric on, right? <laughs> get your all electric mm-hmm. on. You drive that up to now. That also is a caveat, people. Um, like about if you get up to about thirty miles per hour ish, maybe thirty five it kicks into gas. So it has a range, the, the battery has a range. You, you can't go, I don't think, 90 miles an hour for 30 miles. I think what the range is is kind of like a, a 30, a 30, 40. So you can go thir- 40 miles at 30 miles an hour, all electric. Okay. Then after that, it kicks into the gas car. That series. Parallel is like the Prius. Parallel basically uh, is something where the electric motor is in, and the batteries are connected to the entire drive system. It's like one, if you look at a Prius screen, it's almost like one circle almost when you do like the engine, the battery, the controller, and all that stuff. And it all loops around. So it's not like they're, they're, disconnected from each other. They're almost they're they're inher- inherently one uh, mm-hmm. drive that ca- kind of flows in between each other. So you step on the brakes, it goes into regenerative braking. You accelerate and you get to a nice coasting range, you can go into all electric uh even though you have regenerative braking. Um and the braking is ironically I got to tell you the Prius braking um and I I'm about to do another story for Planet Green about my experience at Sundance, that I drove a third-generation Toyota Prius in the middle of a snow blizzard down the Utah mountain, and it handled just fine. 
So, and it was actually because of the regenerative braking that made it even feel safer. So that's what's up. And when the diff, what happens in a plug-in hybrid now is with the Volt, you have a plug that plugs it in. It's not the, the like uh, with an existing hybrid where you use the gas to recharge the battery. In this respect, you have a plug. I think I wrote a story about the GM Volt on Electrifying Times, and I have it also on my greenlivingguy.com site. And it shows you basically pictures of the Volt with the charger in it. Uh, the Prius is the same thing. The difference really is it's, it's like a 110 outlet on the back of the, on the rear. Capped <laughs> with a thing. And with that, it's kind of like parallel. It all kind of goes together in one nice blended flow. And you're getting, with that, I mean, he was getting about, a, it said 100 miles a gallon on the thing because I think it might have been programmed to it. But he said he was doing his own thing, and he said he was able to get about 200 miles a gallon because it's all EV. And that does literally make sense. That's the difference between a plug-in hybrid, mm. I think, and a hybrid. Did I miss anything, Shan? No, no, no. I was just, I mean, because, yeah, my impression also is that the Prius, as it is, is a parallel hybrid. So I wasn't sure when you turn it into a plug-in conversion, it, it's still... I thought that it still stays in parallel mode, that it's not really possible to go in all EV mode in a parallel No, that's um, not true. That, okay. No, that's not true. No. What it does is it goes to the – it basically – the controller tells the drive system, I think, that you got not just one set of batteries, but you have all these other set of batteries, Right. So then it programs it to go off of the batteries first. After you're done with the batteries, it then kicks in. But you can't, once again, go 30, you know, 50 miles or 70 miles per hour, I think, on all electric. I would have to circle back with A123 and, and report that on the next TV wrap-up show mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, but my guess is, my, not my guess, but when I met with the A123 guys, it seemed to me that the way when he was driving the car, he would accelerate and, and decelerate, and based on the way he was keeping his foot on the accelerator, given that he was in, like, communities, he, you know, small, like, um, I don't know how to describe the Westchester town, like, roads, but they were, like, hilly but straight, but um, I, I guess there's not too much of a grade, very country-esque. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but uh, we were in pretty much electric most of the entire way. Mm -hmm. And I saw the, 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 the batteries, the way that the, the uh, Prius system shows you how the batteries drive, and it was fantastic. Nice. It was fantastic. And in fact, I don't know if I told you, probably know, but I, I'll repeat it again, that there's a company called Electric Cars of New York uh, mm -hmm. in Westchester County, that is doing the A123 conversions in Pleasantville, New York. They're a dealer. Nice. In Westchester County, yeah. And I think they're the Very only cool. one in the tri-state. Really? Uh, yeah. I think so. 
Very cool. So check them out, people. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, what else is new and hot in the EV world, Shem? Um, well, I recently wrote a story about how the state of Washington is considering imposing a $100 fee on electric vehicles when they register with uh, the state. And the reason for this fee is because they realize that all electric vehicles will be purchasing gas and they are concerned about their highway fund, which is funded by the state taxes that they impose on yes. petroleum. Right. And so what's fascinating is I talked to some of the representatives um, that are proposing this bill. Yeah. And they are very bullish on plug-in vehicles. And, in fact, they would like to see the state completely convert um, its entire fleet to all-electric vehicles. Yeah, all-electric, right. And so that, that's why I find this so fascinating because, Why one, would you tax it? Yeah, the idea of putting a $100 flat fee on it seems counterintuitive yes. because what we know about these types of fees is that in many ways, it's symbolic. And when people learn about a fee, they say, oh, you know, it, it could potentially hinder people's um, choices. Sure. Or, you know, influence their choices. Um, and two, it is rather arbitrary because, as we know this year, the, the leaf is coming out and so is the volt. But under this law, the way they have it worded is that plug-in hybrids won't get charged this fee but fully electric will get charged this fee. And, and third, um, when you look at all of the other public benefits that plug-in vehicles have in terms of you know, releasing fewer emissions for air quality and for climate change, in terms of you know, developing a manufacturing base here, which we need for this type of technology, and also in terms of energy security, there are all these other benefits that come with plug-in vehicles, and we know that, especially for the early adopters, they're going to be paying a green premium to get these vehicles. I think what they're doing is merely, um, I would assume that they're Democrats, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, I, like, I don't, I, I really believe that they want this technology to succeed, I just think that it's an ill-informed way to go about it. Because as it is, people are already going to be paying a green premium for these vehicles yeah. that have all these other public benefits. My and curiosity really, would be, do they have a state sales tax? Or is it exempt? Uh, well, they have a state sales tax on petroleum. No, I mean, when you sometimes purchase an electric car, mm -hmm. Uh, there's no state sales tax on the purchase. Mm -hmm. So what they're thinking might be is that we're not getting any state sales tax from an electric car, so we're going to charge it a, a small nominal fee on the registration. That's probably what their inherent thought is. I don't, you know, they didn't uh, – it seemed like they were pretty, like, short – it seemed like a very – It's a very short-sighted like, philosophy, yeah. yeah. No, it's a tax uh, – it's a tax – it's just creating a new tax, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and the the real killer of this all 
is that, you know, we got this tip um, through Green Car Reports from an owner of a GEM neighborhood electric vehicle in Washington. And so he's going to have to pay an extra 100 for the NEV? Yeah. Oh, it's all, like, most of the electric vehicles in Washington right now are all NEVs. Wow. Ah. And they, they, they're, you know, as it is, they, you know, they're driving very little on this, on the roads anyways, so they're not really causing much wear and tear. They're very light vehicles. Yeah, of course. Um, and so it just, like, the justification is all wrong. They're saying, oh, well, if you're really concerned about the wear and tear on the roads in the state of Washington, create a real tax that's going to generate revenue in the short term based on the cars that are causing wear and tear rather than this arbitrary fee in the future, which in the short term will ultimately, you know, end up oh, I see. causing all the NEV owners I see. I see. to pay I this see. money that they shouldn't have to. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, then we got to do a story about, we got to let people know that they got to support people that are against taxing NEV owners in the state of yeah. Washington. Yeah. We'll have to work on that with you. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get it out there. <laughs> we'll get the message. Mm-hmm. That's a good one for people, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want to get taxed uh, extra on getting a technology that already inherently costs more right now because it's not the masses. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the NEV, which is cheap, is still eight to twelve grand. Yeah, and it just it just doesn't make sense if you if they you know we know that policymakers have been afraid to raise gas taxes because, you know, they consider it political suicide. It is political suicide, yeah. Um, But state and federal gas taxes have remained stagnant for over a decade. Right. And, you know, a couple weeks ago at the D.C. Auto Show, when you had some of the representatives from the Federal Highway Trust Fund talk about how right now they are really only able to service about 40% of the roads that need servicing because the purchasing power of what they're of the money that they're getting is just not does not correlate to the increased cost of living um, expenses and inflation expenses that go with um, improving roads. Well, that's a union issue too. Mm, interesting. That's a union labor issue. That's a whole other discussion we'll get into in another time. But that is, I mean, when you're talking highway trust fund, you don't forget you bid out these jobs and some of these, a lot of these states, unions are involved. Hmm. I mean, yeah, frankly, I it, doesn't, it should not cost a lot more for recycled tires to be used to pave the ground. I mean, you know, that's not what costs you money. (laughs) And the truck that they own or the paver that they own, that they've owned for about a good 10 years, that doesn't cost Mm -hmm. you more money. And and, and even, you know, relatively the price of gasoline hasn't gone up that much. It has gone up big time from a decade ago. I mean, I guess it was, what, a dollar or something now? And now it's close to two and three in some respects. Mm -hmm. So it has gone up to slowly get us used to, you know, a $4 gallon, <laughs> which don't get me started. And I think that's inevitably, you know, where we it's going to happen that people then will start in droves going more to electric. But right. I think that for them to start taxing, it does make sense. 
they should be incentivizing it, and they should be, instead of doing short-sighted policies, they should be considering the concept of building electric cars in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. Um, and creating jobs here in America. And right. creating electric vehicle jobs, which the last time I checked, we still had incentive money from the federal government to do something like that. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it. I wonder what kind of economic incentives they have for businesses to come into the state. Mm-hmm. If they're taxing the NEV owners a hundred bucks. I know. A hundred bucks. So well, yeah. at this point I think we're gonna wrap up soon, like okay. now. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna have this again and we'll get into another E V wrap up show probably in the next um week or so two or two weeks to let people know what's going on in the world but uh, plug-in hybrids get your Prius and get your Ford Escape into a plug-in hybrid now (laughs) call you know get my book build your own electric vehicle or build your own plug-in hybrid electric vehicle and stay tuned for Shannon's new book coming out soon we're going to announce Mm -hmm. that one we're going to have to do a party on the on the radio for you when that book comes out Shannon all right Sound like a plan? All right, we'll try and get some other people to come in. We'll have a big little little house party on the phone for you, all right? (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening again to the Green Living Guy. I want to thank you, Shannon. I want to thank everyone else. And uh, as we go forward today, think green, stay green, and peace out. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye.